<laughs> Welcome to episode five of the BCP, uh, BCPP, what? BCTV podcast. This is not the BCPP podcast. That's a different one. We don't want to watch that one. Yeah, I'm not glad to see you guys. Glad you guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're really glad to have you here. We are featuring uh, one of our fantastic moderators, Golf416, uh, also a fantastic member of the Twitch community. He is one of the best. He is uh, known as the Oracle in many and many streams. He just knows everything about these retro games. He is a wonderful guy. I am very pleased to announce him, and I'm very pleased to be highlighting uh, you today, Golf416. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fine. Glad to be on the podcast today. Oh, we're really glad to have you here. We're really glad to have you here. How are you guys doing, Chard Monk, Half the Dark? Don't forget our co-hosts. I get to sit next to my favorite guy on here, so I'm pretty Ooh. happy about that. Yeah, I have to be oh, catty shucks. corner. I'm kind of jealous. He's like way down there. <laughs> we get to look I could, up at you I could guys. touch him, though. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, bad touch, bad touch. <laughs> How you doing, Dart? Musical chairs. Musical I'm chairs. Today. Yeah, today's been, been a bad day. Just a lot of snow and shit. Yeah, right it's kind of snowing crazy here. Uh, you know, it's not. Yeah. It's 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 been a little bit. It's kind of been wet and nasty. I'm not liking it. And uh, we got. Uh, uh, freaking gall down there in Florida and be like, what's snow? I, <laughs> I haven't seen snow in like, what, uh, 15, 25 years? 15, 25 <laughs> years, right, 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 yeah. So uh, I, I guess... Rain, math, right? yeah. A lot of rain. <laughs> yeah. Has anybody got anything uh, they want to open up with or should we just jump right into it? Let's just dive in, baby. Dive in, all right. So we're going to be featuring gall. Gall, I think we'll just start with some simple questions like um, uh, how, how, did, how did you get started into uh, gaming? Oh, wow. So, I mean... Gaming for me actually began through my uncle. He really was the the inspiration to me that really got me started in a lot of the different genres, whether it's platforming, action adventure, RPGs. I mean, he was really the the catalyst mm -hmm. to really getting me to understand what video games were and you know all that they were could be and how fun they were. Uh, one of the funny stories that uh, I didn't know about because I was too young at the time, but uh, he said to me and my my mom also told me the same story was that when I was very little, probably like either a newborn or, or a toddler, he was playing Mega Man 2 for the NES. Mm, nice. And uh, on the intro screen when, you know, it's climbing up the building and it shows Mega Man at the very top yep. with his hair, you know, Dun. flowing in, flowing in the, in the breeze, wind. Yes. One of the best <laughs> intro sequences to any video game. Oh, I agree. Um, yeah. uh, he when Mega Man beamed away, uh, they say that when I looked at that, I actually smiled through the pacifier. My mother actually oh, said, that's, that's when cute. you knew a gamer was born uh -huh. <laughs> at that very moment. That's one of the cutest and, things in the world when you see a little kid with the pacifier and you see that big grin yes. behind the pacifier. That's so adorable. And, yeah. And it was over and it was over Mega Man, you know, one nice. which turned out to be, you know, one of my is still one of my favorite franchises. Oh, sure. Um, of video games to this day. Um, but it all started, I guess, from there, you know, because that's really the earliest story I've I've heard from um, my parents and from my uncle when it comes to gaming. From then, you know, I really watched for a lot of my early years. I really watched him play pretty much a lot of different games, the Zeldas, the Marios, mm -hmm. the Mega Mans, you know, the Gradius. I was really like some shoot 'em ups, nice. um, you know, all different types of things that I was really, you know, love to play. But for some reason, when I was really young, I had this thing like that's what my uncle did. And okay. I just, you know, sit there and watch. Yeah. And that all changed um, when he played uh, Super Metroid uh, for the Super Nintendo. Such a great one. Uh, I think I think I was seven, I believe, when when that came out. Okay. Was seven or eight or somewhere around mm -hmm. there. And early 90s, I don't know yeah. what it was. <clears throat> you know, it was whether it was the music 
uh, whether it was just the, the thrill of exploration, whether it was, you know, the presentation, you know, or maybe just all the above, it just really hit all the right notes for me. Like it really just was like, I want to play this. I want, right. so I, that was the first instance where I said to my uncle, can I play this? And he was, you know, more than thrilled. He was like, of course. And, oh, nice. you know, of course <clears> I, <throat> I stunk the bed, you know, right away well, yeah. you know, playing it you know i yeah first I got, time having a controller I think, I, I think i first played the first time i played the game i think i faced dragon and like meridia and, and mm -hmm. i didn't know the tools of how to face him and if you don't he's uh, a really tough boss to really now when you to really take on and everything so you know yeah no what was it but oh i was gonna say when you uh when you first started playing did he just hand you the controller then or did he start up a brand new game for you where you started right at the beginning uh of the game <clears throat> Right, right. Well, right from the actual game, like I was playing whatever file he was playing. Okay. And at the time, he was playing. He was well into the game, so yeah, I mean, that's it wasn't what it like sounded right like. Yeah. From it. Yeah. And I think I was fine with that because I just wanted to play what he was playing. I, oh. I didn't really have a, at the time, an, an idea that look, I wanted to start, you know, right away from the beginning. That would eventually come. Mm -hmm. um, but like I was just playing, and you know, of course, it didn't go well the first time. Uh, when, when it happened and which kind of leads to an interesting story uh, actually because some people like to like well even when I was at work when I would talk to people um, about because they would find out I played video games right uh, and they would be like saying you know I think they'd say jokingly like do you ever throw your controller when right. you, know, you have you know those kinds of moments and and you know things like that and I'd always say you know funny enough I I never actually find myself throwing controllers or doing stuff. And they're like, what? like they were kind of like surprised, like, really? How do you deal with your frustration? I say, well, I get frustrated, yeah. yes. But um, there was an interesting story from that first moment of Super Metroid uh, when I was playing that uh, when Dragon killed me, <laughs> um, I actually got pissed and I threw the controller. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, and, I threw the controller. My, I remember doing that. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I just threw, like, I, fortunately, the, the ground was carpet, so I didn't, like, break it or anything. Good. Yeah. But, yeah. like, but I threw it really, really hard. And well, them old controllers, actually, man, they could take a beating, man. I remember them NES controllers. We used to chuck them fuckers yes. across the room all the damn time. Because <laughs> no, I'd get up, they were fine. I <laughs> yeah. I have a graveyard of NES and Sega yeah. controllers Do you? from my temper tantrums. Oh, wow. I've never managed. The only <laughs> controller I've ever broke was a PS3 controller when I threw it one time. And that was the last controller I ever threw. <laughs> I just want to point that oh, out. Oh, damn. And that's pretty interesting considering <laughs> yeah. Sony tends to be pretty good about that. Yeah. Stuff. I, I'm actually yeah. kind of surprised it would be it would be broken like that. I went right up against the wall. <laughs> Am I the only one that's like never thrown a controller? You haven't? No. I haven't. Well, why'd you freaking die? <laughs> I, I'll be mad at games, but I've never thrown a controller. I've yeah. never launched a controller. I felt like it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm always sitting there like, <laughs> yeah. how the fuck am I going to replace this shit? Yeah. So I never yeah. thrown a controller. That's <laughs> why I stopped after I broke the PS3 controller because uh, I had to buy a new my, one. I was like, oh, oops. <laughs> yeah, my rage, my rage is blinded by doesn't give a shit of yeah. what has to happen to get something new. I You're one of those guys that just sees snap. red. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah. Action, then regret. That's that's usually my... <laughs> I, I go through that myself sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But so, but but getting back to it. So, like, what happened is, is that his response to that was, okay, we're we're going to turn the game off. We're going to take a a moment to to collect ourselves and right. everything. And we just stood there. If as a kid, it felt like forever. But we probably yeah. only like stood there for like. I don't know, maybe like a minute or two just to calm. Sure. And I was, I felt so embarrassed because I looked up to him. Like I saw him as this thing is like, wow, I, I have never in my life ever saw him 
have a frustrating moment like that. So yeah. I felt like, wow, like I, I lost control. Yeah. So like from that but experience, yeah. I, I never, I never had yeah. that, that loss of control. I do yeah. get frustrated. Sure. Don't get me wrong. As, as I mean, I, 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 you've seen it in the chats or whatever <laughs> it goes on. Like I definitely have an opinion oh, yeah. about stuff when it's really, really bad. Chart knows that. And, you know, you know that, and, and everyone uh -huh. who, that oh, I talk sure. to, you know, yeah. everyone knows that. Oh, Dark, he has heard it in, in tons of times too about whenever I have an opinion about something about, you know, either in Final Fantasy or so forth. You know, I, I definitely do it, but it never gets to the point where I have an episode like that. And one of those is because of that that experience. Uh, when he I taught was you a good lesson. Kind of yeah. Like, See, he he was calm with you. He just he 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 just said, "Let's take a moment and let's think about it." And you had that time to process it. You know, versus like you know, if it would have been my dad growing up, he would have been like, "What the hell are you doing? Throwing that control? You don't mention those things." It would have been a big thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> versus he oh, he yeah. actually used it as a teaching moment, which helps you a lot more than you know, a parent. I know he's your uncle, but a parent being frustrated about it. There's oh a yeah, Charmuck's picture. <laughs> no, that is not where what? I can't. Oh, it was a dog. Okay. It's a puppy. Oh, shit, I seen something moving. I thought it was cat. My bad. Oh, and second of all, it's bud, you puppy. got words when you threw controllers because I got my ass beat. There was no yeah. talking. Yeah, it was a bell coming out, and I heard the. You know, you hear a little jingle at the loop. I was like, oh, he couldn't. I'm he fine. couldn't do that because he had thrown the controller once before, and I saw him do it. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, yeah. I got the. The how much you know how much that cost speech. I yeah. played with broken controllers for yeah. a long, Ooh. long time. Yeah, like, luckily I didn't break any of mine growing up. You're gonna play yeah. with it that yeah. way, and hey, yeah, yeah. why not? Well, yeah. With mine, it was just so we all had those different experiences for us. It was either, you know, do you know how this costs? You know, oh, I guess you're just gonna have to play with it. In mine, it was just kind of let's just sit here and reflect over yeah. what just happened. <laughs> what, and who's what, the one that never threw a controller again? I just want to point that out. <laughs> Like and, I said, I never threw a like, controller, but I would get frustrated. When yeah. I got frustrated, I heard tingles, and tingles meant ass whoopings. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I got my share of ass whoopings, but never over the controller, uh, oddly enough. But oh. so that was my intro to it. That, that nice. like, Super Metroid, as you could see, was formative in so many ways. Right. You know, not just, you know, just getting me into video games, but also a good teaching moment of just learning how to deal with uh adversity with frustration and mm -hmm. you know things which are good lessons absolutely uh, i think that you know anyone can take away from it of how best to to deal with those kind of struggles absolutely. and that way so for all those out there who think video games can't have teaching moments just oh absolutely they can absolutely they can <laughs> absolutely can so you, you yeah metroid was your your really your your start i mean your start was actually watching your uncle you know and admiring the gameplay through him or enjoying the gameplay through him and then you just super metroid was the one where you actually got to pick up the controller for the first time and start playing where how did how did it go how did it evolve from there well i mean for a while it was basically Super Metroid was was a big part of it, so, but there was also, you know, I crossed over into, you know, the Zeldas, the the Marios, and I also played uh, Gradius and others. It was mostly platformers, action adventure, or shooters that really at first were the genres I really uh, went with, which honestly were those first few years. And then probably only a little bit after that, which I'm sure many of you might know where this is going if you know where my name <laughs> uh yeah. you know based <laughs> off of you see charts already chart knows already knows there yeah, um because within that time i happened to to see my uncle play uh the game that actually introduced me to to jrpgs 
and uh, got me to really, you know, understand video gaming from another angle mm -hmm. and really got me to see like what they could be, you know, beyond just, I mean, we all play it for, you know, gameplay is really significant. Mm -hmm. It's really important that you enjoy playing the game. I mean, if you don't, then, you know, you don't pick it up. So gameplay, of course, is very important. Absolutely. But there's just something that this game did and of course others afterwards that just showed that games could, you know, involve something that stayed with you. Right. Like even after you turned it off and everything, there was something about how it engaged with you. Right. Now you that, mentioned you know, JRPG. Kind of oh, go ahead. There. I'm sorry. And um, that game, and the oh, go go ahead. Oh, I was going to say you you had mentioned that uh, you you went into JRPGs, and I may have missed it, but did you did you say what the name of the game was? Your first JRPG. I was about. I was you were about, about to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yep. I want well, I want to hear I mean, Gall say it though. Talked about it at nauseum. <laughs> uh, the game. Funny enough, it was the sequel, Lunar Two Eternal Blue, for the oh, Sega CD. Yes. Nice. And that game. You know, I mean, at first it's funny because people are like, oh, you know, you're this big fan. You know, you really, you know, appreciate the story, the characters and everything. And what I always say is, you know, it's funny enough when I first saw it as a kid, mm -hmm. I actually did it like I actually joked about it because it was actually my sister who was a big fan of the game first oh, okay. and she really took to it right away. Mm -hmm. But I always like was like, oh, it's so like full of drama. You know, I was, I was a little teasing your sister. Yeah, like kids kid, do. Sure. You know. Yeah. And, you know, I was doing that for a bit. But what's funny is when I sat down, because she said to me, hey, if you sat down and watched it, you'd like it too. And well, sure, yeah. sure enough, when I actually sat down and watched uh, the game and I saw like what was there, like I fell in love. Right. It was just really, really good. Like everything about it, the music, the, the main characters, uh, the setting, you know, everything about it just really hooked me. Very in nice. a way that from then on, I guess it kind of spoiled me because then, you know, a lot of other games, I was always kind of looking for that same engagement. And a lot of the best FFs, uh, Final Fantasies do that definitely in their own way. But like and, you know, other genres as well, other games, uh, Dragon Quest or other things, you know, they all have different takes on it. But for me, Lunar has always been that game that always found a way that when you're playing it, or at least when I was playing it, I always felt like I was sort of there with the cast of right. characters like you felt like when they were saying goodbye you felt when they were talking about different stuff that you felt like these were real like these were actual individuals that you were talking about so it felt right. like you were going away from something and it's just and again maybe it's just because of at the time it just felt very larger than life right. being a kid yourself sure yeah those games again really, go ahead no, no, go ahead. No, you, I was just going to say, those games, those Lunar games always really did look appealing to me, although I've never played one. Um, I do plan to change that at some point in the near future. I want to do the, um, what is it, Silver Star Story, I think. Yeah, that's the one though, I, That's the one that I've seen gameplay of that kind of piqued my interest in the series. I haven't watched it's that really much good. of it. It's really good. But I just know that the graphics and the music and I, the voice acting was cheesy, but that was kind of part of the charm of it yeah that was yes, part of the that's charm. the charm it's the charm of it yeah and um yeah i definitely and it had some great cut scenes looking at it. it's a ps1 release that i saw i don't know if they had releases on other systems but yeah it's Thank those games you. look so gorgeous i definitely could see why you were drawn to them I it played, was first released on the oh go ahead dark sorry sorry i, I was just about to say the the actual first one that i played uh and i remember this pretty well because i was a little uh, salty but the first one i played was lunar 2 eternal blue of the lunar series it was on the PS1, um, and the PS1 actually, Lunar 2 Eternal Blue Complete is what it's called. You get this mm -hmm. little medallion. I forgot the character's name. I, I remembered it like a month ago. Lucia. Lucia. Lucia's Lucia. pendant. You get Lucia's pendant in the box um, of Lunar 2. 
Oh my fucking god! I had and I even bought one years later and it disappeared. Disappeared. But I used to have Lucius pendant. Oh my god! My teacher snatched my second grade teacher snatched that shit from me because and all I was doing was wearing it. Oh, but wow! Holy shit! Yes, my second grade teacher literally snatched that shit from me, and I found one <sighs> years later. And then we had a whole house or not a house fire, but a kitchen fire, and that shit oh, disappeared no. again. Yeah, that's been fun. <laughs> Why did she uh, snatch it from you? Because. She said it was supposed. It was supposedly distracting. It was not. I wasn't even playing with it. I just wore it. She said as long as I wore it, I was fine. But my, I think what happened was my cousin said something. Oh, he's playing with the pendant, and she took it. I was like, dude, oh, really? Wow. I think Saying you were being day, disruptive really with jealous. it. Oh, that sucks. I he was jealous. Raise hell. Yeah, I was ready. I would have been so pissed. And you didn't get it back. She didn't give it back to you <laughs> no, at the end of the day. She actually no. She gave it to her niece or nephew. What? We're talking what? about what? Like, what? Yeah. We're... What? It's not like robbery. <laughs> yeah, literally, I got yeah. robbed of Lucia's pendant. I was, I, so now I will still be looking for it. I'm going to actually look for a complete set, but I would love to have Lucia's pendant. You're again. not looking for her niece or whatever? <laughs> Get it back. No. Lucia, Lucia is forever alone on the blue star now. Thanks, oh. teacher. Thanks, teacher. <laughs> right. Way to go. But holy shit, that pendant is nice. Though. You it's condemned her to dope. eternal solitude. Right, 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 right. It's nice though, but yeah, that was that was my introduction to the. Uh, actually, in the same room is where I played it at. I remember having my little TV right here, had my little uh, CRT's TV sitting right here with my PlayStation One hooked up, and I popped in Lunar Two because I got it for Christmas, and I I looked at the map forever because you get a little map in there as well. I yeah, missed the that. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, bet. Yeah, I, finally I, love that. I finally played the game. I was like, I put it in the wrong disc. I put it in like this two. I was like, oh, this this two three. I said, I'm about to pop one of these in there. It said, no, nah, please just turn this one. I said, oh, all right, my bad. God, I <laughs> miss. I miss. One. Go ahead. I thought you were finished. I popped in this one, and oh, like you said, amazing graphics, music. Yeah, I didn't get too far into it, but I, oh yeah, I, I oh, definitely played it. It was amazing. super, super impressive, super impressive. I miss when games used to come with all the all the materials, all the maps and things yeah. like that. Some of them still do. I like GTA games still give you a map and things like that. But it used to be every game you got like a really nice, beautiful color manual, and you got you know if it needed a map, you got a map or maybe even a journal to write notes in and stuff like that. You know, especially when you talk about the big box PC Mace. games. Yeah, missed. Yes, that. missed. Yeah. That's that's what I was thinking of when I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I really missed that. Now you pay like a hundred dollars for that shit with the steel art books and shit just to get everything yeah. with it. Right. Sixty dollars game. The, collect game. the collectors edition. The collectors yeah. edition. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. That used to just be default. What you got, right? Right. That was so great. Yeah. Zelda was it Zelda one that came with a fucking full size map in the original with the gold. Zelda came with a full size map. I don't have the map, but I have the manual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it did come with something because there's nothing in the game. Because like, Zelda One came with like, the map. Gray, well, Zelda top, One like, had the, nothing, but it did come with one. I think. Yeah, the yeah. map was not complete though. It gave you like maybe 70, 60, right. 70 percent of the map, and the rest was blank because yeah. it was, that was the mystery part. But it gave you like a good start to it. Yeah. Well, you had that whole section that you had to navigate, you know, the right way to get through it. And I know that yeah. was blocked off, but I know that it came with the fucking yeah, 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 that little gold map. Yeah, right there. This is this is the manual. I don't have the map. I just have the manual. But it's got this. Yeah. You know, it's kind of it's behind the uh, the story, the lore. Uh, you get a little bit cool of a map of Hyrule. Though. You don't get stuff like that. I mean, yeah. you can't. You barely find physical copies of games anywhere nowadays. You know. Look at that artwork. Now mostly it's digital. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's all digital stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what cool stuff. I mean, you even. I mean, now it's like the idea of even owning a game is just so different now. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. Like everything's you don't even digital. Have it, like physically, it's just. 
it's just there. Yeah, I right. much prefer the physical. Yeah. Oh, buy. I totally. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd, I would rather buy like the cartridges. Uh, any day. Yeah, that's I mean, why if I have on, a choice, PS4. It, when it, I buy PS4 games, I always go physical. Right. I. I mean, listen, I'm lazy. I get it. And if I want something now, I like instant gratification. So just being like, uh, install now. I'll buy it. You know, cool. It's downloaded. But I, I would rather go out and like find yeah. the actual like the deal. Yeah. I still oh, I do the, digital too. Yeah. The ten case, the ten case of uh, Final Fantasy twelve, like the special edition. I bought that thing mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. In one so, of my mini boxes. Oh, the good old days. So yeah, Lunar Lunar really re, Lunar really looks like a, a fantastic series. Um, it is. And I definitely want to get into that someday. Definitely check so, it out. Yeah. Right, All right, Gal. Right, that's very awesome, man. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, where where do, where do we go from there? Well, I mean, Lunar, well, again, so Lunar really started off my, really my intro with RPGs, with JRPGs, and getting to see, you know, how, you know, they as a genre really worked in a lot of ways. And it was, you know, a great experience, but it really, funny enough, like, I I don't think I really played a lot of at least the Sega CD version. I did play some parts of it or what have you, but for most, the most part, it was me, again, watching my uncle really play it and just, you know, enjoying the story. Uh, enjoying the way about it. I mean, another thing that I really liked about the game and, you know, working designs, which uh, handled the localization mm-hmm. uh, of the game in the United States and outside of, you know, Japan, uh, they get, they sort of have a mixed record about it. You'll get different opinions on how they are. But the one thing I think that they did really good, especially uh, in their localization, is they really took the time to really, you know, flesh out a lot of the NPC dialogue mm. uh, that was in a lot of oh, the, the town. So to me, yeah, uh, Chard, you know, knows where some of this goes. And I can definitely see where, you know, sometimes it, it ends up being really kind of weird because they like to partake in a lot of pop culture references, which unfortunately awesome. dates the I game, is it which, is, which is funny. I, I would you know, love there it. Are times yeah. where it's really funny but then but the other thing that i really like about it was was that in a lot of games as you know i mean npcs are kind of given you know kind of they're just there but a lot of times i feel like developers kind of in a lot of games just kind of put them in there we need to have someone in there to just like say some stuff and then right. you know you put in other stuff you know to kind go of like on. filler in lunar yeah. like there are a lot of times where i would go through entire cities and literally just talk to everybody because it would just be like different yeah. uh, personalities different things it was just a lot of fun just to have this idea that these different people that were outside of your group mm-hmm. were having their own dreams their own aspirations their own things going on it really right. made the world that much more really alive fleshed it out you really it? Yeah. this living breathing world that you were going for and to me i mean that's one of the reasons why i especially like it because like when i go through it i feel like i'm again like I'm taking the time to really take it in and really enjoy, you know, where it is instead of just speeding it through, which in a lot of other games, you just kind of feel that way because the NPCs really just don't have anything meaningful to really say. It's kind of uninteresting. You know, in, in yeah. Conversation. Mm-hmm. But in that one, especially, I mean, that's one thing I'll give working designs. You know, there are other times where they've done silly things and I could go into that. I mean, I have a couple of times where they did something and it's kind of like, really, why did you do that? Um, go into but, it if you'd you like know, to. Most yeah. of the time, I mean, well, I I think Chard saw this, especially when I was pointing it out. But like, there's one, there's this one part of the game where you're going up a tower to see somebody, and yeah. when you're going yeah. in, there is a door that has this like poster next to it. Uh, that in ja- in the Japanese version gave you the actual sequence of rooms you had to go through gotcha. to get yeah, yeah, yeah. to where you needed to go. Yep. 
But for some reason, Working Designs thought it, the bright idea was let's change that poster from giving directions to the player to being a joke about the person being stinky. Yeah. Dirty yeah. or something. Yeah. So what you, the player yeah. doesn't get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the player they went from giving you directions any... to making jokes about somebody's B.O. <laughs> well, no, it's well, the, yeah. the guy's a hermit. Uh -huh. And he's he's very reclused in this tower. Well, sure. So, so obviously, so yeah. everybody, he's weird. So they made a comment about how bizarre and how he smells bad, and you know he's yeah. an odd he's an odd bird. But the the whole point was that map is supposed to give you a clue on how to get through the puzzle to get to him, but it doesn't give you that. So uh, so it tells like you to me, follow your no nose. What the hell I'm doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna be fucking lost in this place yeah. forever. And that's where Gal steps in. That's where God, the Oracle, comes in. I literally told yeah. him, oh, this is the sequence. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, the, the game doesn't tell you. Like, right. it literally doesn't tell you what you're supposed to do. And since there are, like, five different rooms, like, there's a, one for the moon, one for the star, one for the sun, you know. There's one for, like, different astrological uh, symbols. That's, like, thousands of different combinations right, right. that you could potentially do before you find the right one. <laughs> wow, I gotta love that cryptic shit, right? But it, the funny thing about yeah. it is, it wasn't cryptic, and then they made it cryptic. Yep, yeah, that's... and the funny thing is, if you have the official strategy guide, they literally like make a thing of, "Oh, uh, this is the sequence you need to do." Mm -hmm. It's like, so wait a minute, so you changed it for this reason, right? So mm -hmm. that people would have to buy your book to, <laughs> to get the help know, right? for what it is that's going on. I mean, it probably wow. was something like that because it because it really makes no sense. I don't know why you you would do that. Like, wow, it doesn't even it, make it, sense. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense if there was at least something that you could at least figure it out yourself, but there's like no way you could do that. There, there's no, there's nothing in the sequence that's even decipherable in any other way. The only way you would know is if you were told it. Wow. Right. And, I mean, that and was, that's just one example. That was during the time like strategy guides were like huge anyway. Right. So Nintendo Power. Why not and, well, not in yeah, this case, Nintendo but other Power strategy guides. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the, the Bradley Gaming strategy right, the Bradley guides Gaming. Purchase. Yep. It was Man. like. How do we how do we make this the you know the cash grab? Let's how do we sell a, how do we sell out. the yes. guide? You can figure it out. You'll be stuck there for a while. That's you figure shady it out, shit. Or you I buy a book that, and yeah. get right through it. You know, yeah. I so, wonder. Yeah. I, Go I ahead. Wonder, I wonder how people got through tales of destiny. Fuck. <laughs> oh, with the tales again with the tales. <laughs> tales of destiny had such a shitty translation. Oh my god. <laughs> Like the translation near the end of the game, uh -huh. oh my! It, oh, it's bad. You're supposed right. to try to, you're trying, you're trying to figure out. <clears throat> one of them, one of the things you're trying to do is trying to figure out the code, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to, <laughs> you're trying to figure out the fucking code of the game. The translation's so damn bad. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what am I doing? You're sitting there putting it right according to the right. translation of yeah. the game, only to find out you're wrong. Wow, <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like CV right. too. And yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you're like. Like, am I stupid or some shit? <laughs> no. Like, I was going to say, it's like CB2. I, I didn't want to trigger Bud, but it's, it is like CB2. It is like CB2. No, I know. I, you're not going to trigger designed. me. I know all the faults and flaws yeah, of CB2, and I'm aware of them, and I accept them. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it anyway because that's my right. It's, I can and I want to. Oh, no, I can and I want to. So. Right <laughs> Very oh, cool. But, Very cool. Um, there's another one uh, in the game also that, like, that's the the one I like to always point to as being especially egregious, but there's one I think that maybe people would say is arguably a little more egregious that they, um, cause in the Japanese version, uh, I think 
because um, the main character has an ocarina that oh, he plays yeah. that most of the game is just a musical instrument. Like you'll, you can play soundtrack, uh, most of the soundtrack from it, I think, through most of the game. But there's a point in the game at the very end where it turns into a story-based item. Uh, and that only is the case in the American version because for some reason, the guys at Working Designs thought it was a brilliant idea. Hey, let's make it so that you have to use this ocarina once after the final boss. Otherwise, if you go up to save a character who's possessed, they'll kill you. Like, you can actually die after the final boss. And if you didn't save, <sighs> what? you have to do the entire <laughs> thing over again and they thought that this was a brilliant idea uh, now the problem is that's that not a brilliant the, idea but go ahead the end the, no but here it gets worse it gets worse oh geez so yeah if you thought that was bad enough it, it gets worse so when they decided to make that change the problem was that at the end of the game usually the ocarina is in uh, your pal Nall's uh inventory but the thing is from what i recall you can't access that inventory normally at the end of the game. Mm. Like you can't go into it. Mm -hmm. So what they did was they took the ocarina and made it a permanent part of Alex's inventory. Now, as opposed to Nulls, you only have like five or six slots that you can have items with your character. So that means you can't, there's one less chance that you have of having a healing item for, for the main character mm. because he has to hold on it's to that limited. ocarina for the entire game yep. for that final sequence where it's going wow. to be relevant. Yep. Again, because if they kept it like the Japanese version, you wouldn't have been able to do it. So your game's basically screwed <laughs> if that were to happen because you can't play it. Right. right. So, so yeah, because apparently we needed that, mm -hmm. which I don't understand. You see, the thing is, it gets kind of into the subject of localization uh, debates because, and I think, you know, there's tons of debates we can have about that concerning, right. you know, what's good and what's bad localization. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm not <laughs> against the idea of localization. I mean, sometimes you need to, you know, change certain things in order to reflect different, you know, cultural understandings or different things yeah. across the spectrum of what it is. But you try to give the spirit of much of the game as you can with it. So like right. when you're changing things like, like that, that you're like, oh, well, we're just going to take it away so that you can't get through a dungeon you know, adequately, or we're going to change this so that all of a sudden you can die after the final boss, which should right. never, I mean, once you're done with the final battle, like that should be it. Or change like, a clue to where you done. have to buy a strategy guide to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Be, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah that's <laughs> shady. I mean, there's, there's, just, there's just some things you don't break. Chivo pop and dead. Don't do. and dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like when Kaizo, it's like those Kaizo traps where they, oh. they make it that after oh. you're done Yo. with the, when you get through the ticker, when you get through the, the final, the final goal, they'll put like a pit afterwards. Mm -hmm. So like after you're done, like you die. You fall into like, the punjai sticks. Yeah, you and... fall in there and you just die. I mean, when I was younger, I did laugh at that. But I think yeah. to myself, really? Like that's just, that's just breaking a certain cardinal rule. You yeah. know, you just don't, yeah. you just don't do that. That's just devs <laughs> trolling the players pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Kaizo block things, man. Those things are oh, BS. Too. Yes, those are BS. Jump in the wrong area, Bink, right on the floor. All right, on your ass. <laughs> yeah, I know. I uh, think one of my controllers so I mean, did like not that. survive the Chiasm blocks. I'm uh, not surprised by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I want to play those. I want to play those. I mean, I got an NES in here. Why not? I, Why I still not, haven't dude? played the like, GPW1 uh, and GPW2. That really has them in there. I haven't played either one of those. I need to try those. They look fun. I just yeah. haven't tried them. Oh, yes. All good, man. All good. <laughs> All A good. lot of fun.
So, uh, so you, we talked about a lot about RPGs, a lot about Lunar. Um, you also mentioned uh, some shoot 'em ups, I think. Um, Gradius, I think, was mentioned. Uh, do, do you, hey. Did you spend a lot of time on the shoot 'em ups, or was it more like that was kind of a side thing, and then it was mostly the RPGs and platforming? Or it turned out to be more of a side thing. Like I did appreciate Gradius, mostly Gradius three mm-hmm. uh, for the Super Nintendo, but. And then I did play a little bit of Gradius V for the PS2, which I was like the last real like official title mm-hmm. uh, that Konami really did for the series, which right. I guess in retrospect, after seeing that whole episode, I guess yeah. it's not so surprising what ended up happening with Konami going forward after that. Because right. I was like, why didn't they do more of those games? It's like afterwards, like, wow, I was maybe I should have been thankful that they did anything. That they did anything. Those games you know? are hard, though. Those shoot 'em up games. I, I can't play them. I, I, I like watching other people play them because I respect the skill that it takes to play them. But I just don't have it. Those bullet hells, I, I think was... they call them. Yeah. <laughs> I was much better at it when I was younger. My, oh, sure. my, ref- yeah. my reflexes for those games definitely aren't what they used to be. Yeah, you got to have uh, pretty I, good because, reflexes, yeah. Because I used to do arcade mode for for uh, Gradius 3, which was real, which is like extreme mode, like really like where you get a lot more of uh, if you blow up enemies, uh, they'll actually uh, shoot sh- shrapnel. Uh, when you blow them up so you have to kind of get ready you know be ready to like navigate to avoid it when they explode right uh, or any of that stuff and i could do that when i was younger now i tried to do it i i can't even get past like what like the second stage yeah <laughs> with My, like the bubbles and everything like yeah. i can't even i can't even do it at that wow. mode yeah i'm like game over in like a minute <laughs> you know what Done. start game immediately start game dead 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 uh, fuck that controller <laughs> Not too long ago, I tried to play uh, G Darius on the PlayStation One. I've heard Holy of that. Holy sh- oh, nice. shit, <laughs> dude! I was like, damn, oh, I didn't remember this game being so hard. I used to run yeah. through that shit, right? Especially when I figured out how to do the lasers, absorb enemies, and shoot out the lasers, and then make the lasers even bigger on the final bosses. Right. It's that. It's like one of the best things ever, by the way. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I figured that. I was like, what the. F- why do I suck so bad right yeah. now? <laughs> I think in yeah, order to play those, you need. When it was going back. Yeah, I think in order to play those games, I think you need a two liter of Shasta and an All Rush mixtape. That's the only way Fuck. to get through it. Fuck, <laughs> dude! I, I played R Type, Super R Type, and I got to throw a Futurama reference in. Oh god! I fucking, oh, yeah, I tried Super R Type, and I did it for I did it for DGDS, and I I was like, nah, oh, you know you? what? I'll just play it and see how far I get. And uh, you know, I got a two hour block. I got another game to back it up, which was Knights of the Round. I'm an idiot. Um, and uh, I think I got to like level two and went, well, fuck this. Let's go ahead and go to Knights of the Round. And then I got to like level three and that went, okay, well, fuck this. We'll go back to our type. Ah. And I literally bounced between the two games and just went, I'm going to, I'm going to just, whatever. Fuck it. Uh, this is, this has been Chardmuck who has uh, been presenting to you Pong. Yeah. Pong on the Super Pong. Nintendo. Uh, that's right, right, right. You did Pong on the Super Nintendo first. No. No, oh, I was like, saying he was going back and forth back between the games. Oh, I was okay. joking. Literally. Not literally. Yeah, I'm going to finish one of these fucking games in the next yeah. two goddamn hours or I'm yeah. going to fucking be embarrassed. I didn't finish. Yeah, you just bouncing back and forth between two different games. Yeah, that's why I said Pong. Yeah. Awesome. Awful. Awful. I mean, that's exactly my experience. You know, I mean, again, I mean, I enjoy the games. I still, the music, how, one of the, again, I keep saying the music because for me, that's probably one of those things that really, uh, appeals to me with video games in general a lot of them is that they that a lot of times like in many of these genres whether it's castlevania Mm -hmm. which i'll be getting to of course because i'm sure you're like well where does castlevania fit into this story (laughs) you know in there yeah i love castlevania (laughs) um castlevania metroid you know mega man i mean 
yeah. Gradius as well. You know, they all have really good soundtracks. That's uh, about half that of it for me. Yeah. Music. That's about half the experience for me, as far as I'm concerned. If it's got great music, then oh. it could be. It, I, I can give. I can let go of a lot of shitty gameplay and, and all that if it's got good music. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I think I've. Uh, I think I can agree with that. Uh, music makes the it makes the entire game. They, yeah. They, yeah whole atmosphere that you get yeah. when you play the game you hear this music you're like all right i'm gonna keep going just for the music even, yep. even if you just pissed off at the game player and the mechanics yeah keep playing the game because of the fucking music because it's got great we all music. play some yep. games with some bad mechanics i even well, yeah. that includes me yep, yep. looking at you Mega Man X. Fantasy remake yeah Ooh. <laughs> looking at you oh you talking about the first one no i'm talking about the remake seven remakes That's another shots story fired. together shots fired <laughs> yeah. for the music and i say that every time i play I haven't God, played this it. music's so good yeah, yeah, the remixes is really good for. Like, I've heard some of the, the soundtrack. Yeah, I've heard some of it from the remake, but I haven't played the remake myself. Yeah, I, I the remake. Well, since we're on the subject of remakes, Gal, how do you feel about the remakes on some of those RPGs, like the Final Fantasy VII remake? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Chard, calm down. I'm sorry, uh, nothing. Um, it's interesting because everyone kind of says, oh, you, you really hate it, right? And it's like, no, like, it's kind of interesting what age has done to me. Because when I was younger, I got really, like, even with Final Fantasy VIII, I would get really, like, if you were to talk to me, like, some years ago, I would get, like, really, really heated and make, like, constant jokes <laughs> about, like, the story or things like that. You see, Chard can hardly contain himself. Uh, I'm fucking mute um, my mic. I'm but, say what you got to say, Chard, but let him finish first. <laughs> but, the, but the thing that I found interesting is, is that, okay, so for me, I feel that... It's a decent, they're decent remakes in the sense that, you know, the music is really hits the top notch. Yep. And again, say what you will about Square. They're always very good about getting graphics mm -hmm. to be really good. I oh, mean, sure. they really are very immersive about what it is to the point that when I see Midgar, when I see those particular things, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I would consider, you know, those settings yeah. and stuff to this be. This is Midgar. And, yeah. and to and flesh it out and stuff. But mm -hmm. When it comes to, it's always the story and the characters to me where where things kind of get um, interesting for some reason, and I think it's because of either maybe design choices that they choose about how they want to go about it. Again, when they when they first said that it was going to be episodic, I automatically was like, I don't really think that's the best way to go yeah, about it. I think a lot of people were like that. How, it's going to affect how the story goes from there about how we're going to tell all these, how we're going to fit everything together, how we're going to make these things all go. And I felt that it ran the risk that if they did that, what it was going to do is we're going to do like this one section of the game. And then a lot of it is just going to be, you know, side quests and padding and things mm -hmm. that, you know, kind of do with it. And at least from my experience, what I saw with it was that that's a lot of what was really filling in the gaps about things, you know, let's go through the section of the train graveyard and let's mm -hmm. have, you know, this entire, you know, section about, you know, Just these filler. particular aspects in it. And I was kind of like, okay, but it really isn't leaving me with anything. It's kind of like, okay, you know, this is a thing. Doesn't but, add know, anything to really, the story or anything. Yeah. You know, no. yeah, it's not really adding something that really, you know, I take away from or stuff like Nothing that. Nothing of substance. I'm yeah. not going to spoil too much about it because Chard hasn't concluded it yet. So yeah. I'm not going to, right. you know, say well, I haven't what played I it all either. So yeah. yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, um, but let me just know. say, but what I will say <laughs> in the, the, the basic of terms when it comes to it is I feel they introduced things into the narrative that didn't really need to happen. Mm -hmm. Because I feel that what it ended up doing is it left me with more questions that really aren't the kinds of questions you want to leave people with. Mm. When it involves, you know, uh, your characters and where you're going with something. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I can't ask I for I examples because of spoilers, but yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. that's what, what the most I'm going to really say about right. it because I right. really don't want to say more because, again, I, I want Char to experience it for himself and then we'll probably have a disagreement about right. it. And I'm fine with that. You know, it's but good. Uh, you know, because we, because we, we can, we, we're fine with that. You know, we can, we, we could go, you know, those different things. But I want to at least, uh, you know, just say that, yeah, if you were asking me, that's kind of how it is. That's kind of how yeah. it was also for Kingdom Hearts three too. Right. But again, we haven't even gotten into Kingdom Hearts right. or any of that. Well, stuff. real quick, yeah, before we go any further, uh, Dark, Dark, Dark looks like he wants to say something. Yeah, what do you got? What do you got? Yeah, okay. So the Final Fantasy seven remake, because I haven't got to play it yet at all. Mm. I always yes. forget. Like anytime I get fun, like any type of money. That's not like one of the games that goes on my mind. And that's a right. shot fired at Char, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there we go. these two. <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, guys. No. Oh, but with Final Fantasy VII Remake, aren't they doing multiple parts? So I get that you just kind of left pondering a lot of questions. Like uh, Gall said, you, you left wondering a lot of things before yeah. um, at the or by the time you get to the end of the seven remake. So shouldn't you yes. kind of go into that game for anybody else that hasn't played it? Should we go into this game with an open mind yes. and kind of thinking that, that pop, okay, yeah. well, well, I think you should. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you definitely yeah, you should. To. Never, you have never to. hold it to that it's not like the OG game because it never yeah. was going to be like the OG no. game. It yeah, think of it as its own entity. Yeah. Its own thing. Yeah, because there are people out there who literally hate it because it's not It's not my Final Fantasy VII, brah. Well, then go play right. your Final oh, yeah, Fantasy you know, VII. And, <laughs> right. well, and it was, which and is I'm a like, great and I'm game and you it should. was never going to be. <laughs> yeah. My, <laughs> my, my opinion, and I'll, I'll try and make it brief, um, you know my opinion about Seven. I vote you guys know I'm very middle ground with it. I, I know yeah. what it did. Yeah. It's It's an important game. It did a lot for the series, but it's still my better. favorite. Ten's better. Ten is better. I, I can agree with that. <laughs> but the the thing about it, in my opinion, this is totally my opinion, is I feel like they they could have they could have gone all the way left with this thing. They could have just taken this thing and done something huge with it, something we never thought of, and been like, that is a very interesting spin, and just made it a remake. This mm -hmm. is it's not the original. It has the characters and the idea behind it, but they just they could have just fucking left fielded it and been like, oh, that's an interesting thought. Or they could have made it the OG. They just kept everything the way it was. They could have but done they, something like what they did with Cobra Kai and then just pick up the story years right, later with the, one exactly. of the characters having aged something and then pick up a new new storyline for him. Yeah, that could be cool. Right. But what they did was they were like, let's do something new. Oh, but we're gonna push away all the old audiences, so let's keep this yes. here. Yeah. Uh, but we wanna we wanna reach a new audience, so right over here we're gonna do this. You're trying to please everybody. Uh, we're gonna start pushing the people away. We don't want to. Yeah. And they, it was like they couldn't commit to either yeah. one. Exactly charred. That, and, and I, see, he hasn't that even sounds it, like it sums exactly it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, sums it up it pretty nicely. Felt, a lot of it feels forced to me. It feels right. very forced, and I don't like being forced to like like something. You know what I mean? Yeah. The music and everything, the gameplay, everything's spectacular, but the story just feels like they're like, yo, hey, just, just swallow this. Just take this. Just eat this. You know we don't you know you don't <laughs> like corn, but you need to eat your fucking corn. Eat right. this. It has to be eaten. Or you can't right, right, right. Hey, hey Chard, Chard, what's your opinion about Wedge? <laughs> no, let's talk about Castlevania Symphony of the Night, please. <laughs> hey, I'm down I'm with that. Not, we can talk about I'm not Castlevania. Getting into that. I'm yeah. not getting into he that. doesn't like yeah. Wedge, apparently. No, no, yeah, yeah. What he said like is exactly how I feel too. Yeah, <laughs> I have an unpopular opinion. I don't even I don't know like what happened. The end of the night. You know? oh. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I don't. I fucking hated it. I played no, a little bit of it, and I was like, "Fuck this game." <laughs> <laughs>
seeing this shit. I, it was like <laughs> when I was in my apartment. Are you them? Just for a half a second. I just fucking with them. I literally. I muted you for like half a second, dude. Well, I literally. All right, everybody. And all serious. All right, I'm banned for the podcast, y'all. This is my life. No, you're you're not. Cancel Captain Dark. Seriously, I mean, I just I warned y'all it was an unpopular opinion. Dude, dude, you're allowed to have whatever opinion you want. Go ahead, man. I. I, I played Castlevania Symphony of the Night, like, this is way, way back when I had my even my old layout before I got this current one. Mm -hmm. I played it, and I was just like, no, fuck this, I'm cool. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I, 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 no, I didn't care for the combat like that. I really didn't. The layout, it was easy to navigate. Was it like and the I'm RPG not, elements that you didn't like? or No, it wasn't even. Well, of course, I'm a love the RPG elements. That's why, think, that's why it would threw me off, yeah. I think maybe it was just, it felt a little too simplistic for my taste, I guess. Is it the customization, like the over, you know, feeling with uh, different uh, tools or different things that you could use to really navigate? Because I know that there's a lot that a lot of players that I know who were more fans of the original, like the classic Vanias, mm -hmm. they really found that Symphony of the Night was very um, was too much that you could really find your way easily through things yeah. because you had a lot of different options that you could really do. Uh, to play through with the amount of weapons and the different armors and different right. things that they gave you. That you like the really Metroid just, you know, aspect of it, in other words, in versus way. the linear style yeah, of the classic like games. You had that yeah. kind of non-linear gameplay that mm -hmm. they really kind of uh, introduced in that way. Could that be the reason? Well, I don't mind non-linear gameplay. I actually love to be able to, to explore. And yeah. Period. Mm -hmm. I like to run around and find shit that I'm not supposed to get into, like on Final Fantasy II, where I got smoked in the beginning of the game mm -hmm. because I went to the <laughs> wrong area. But <laughs> do you like do you like Metroid? Uh, Actually, yeah, I like... play Metroid. Let's say Hollow Knight, because it's a Metroidvania. Well, yeah, okay. Hollow Knight. Yeah, do you like Hollow Knight? Oh, Hollow Knight. Yeah, yeah. I do like Hollow Knight. Okay. But right. I, I, I can tell I would like. I play Axiom Verge too. I played a little bit of that. So, so you do it. like Metroidvanias, just not Symphony of the Night. I just don't just like Symphony of the Night. I, I felt like I guess okay. maybe I felt like it was just like the graphics and the music were great. I won't I won't diss it completely. I can't say it was right. utter trash. It's not true. Yeah, but music and graphics like, top notch, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think gameplay wise, I think maybe I just felt like it was too easy compared to. The, oh, the, that, what that, the other games would be. Okay. That's understandable. If there are people who criticize it, that is a very common criticism. Yeah. I, I do see of those. Uh, I had people that I was at when I went to university. Uh, I had people who were would tell me, like, I'm a big fan of, of the classic Vanius Man. I mean, I mean I'm not going to knock Symphony of Night, you know, because it has great music and all stuff, but I'm just not really into that kind of gameplay. And I'd be like, that's fine. Yeah, you know, right. it's just a different style that, that, yeah that you're into there's nothing wrong with that yeah you're... the reason why symphony night appealed to me again since i was really into super metroid and that was my first i think anyone could understand why symphony night ended up really appealing to me tremendously because it hit all those notes yeah uh, in a tremendous way i mean it basically built and i mean it was the one that basically in a big way along with metroid created the metroidvania genre not to mention uh, the fact that you said your gaming origins the first time you had a controller in your hand was super metroid yeah, so I mean, it so was a given. It's that, very much in line with your origins. Yeah, yeah, well, see, that it was going to do it for me. Mm -hmm. Now, see, I like I liked uh, Castlevania: Lord of the Shadows too, and I know a lot of people don't like that because it was too too open <laughs> compared to the yeah. Castlevania. Not only was it 3D, now I'm into like a, a kind of like a hack and slash beat 'em up, like Devil May Cry type deal. Yeah. So no, I, I know a lot of the Castlevania fans, the OG fans, didn't like that. Mm -hmm. They're used to walking with the two D side scroller where you go around and you, and you you get you still it's still it's still kind of hack and slash because you still get the you know they you still mm -hmm. beat up enemies that's in that same manner it's just two D. I think a lot of people didn't like the three D trans uh, uh, the change into three D. 
very I, true. No. I did enjoy the first one. I did enjoy the first Lords of Shadow. I haven't played you know, that I thought, one yet. No, that that one I did enjoy. I mean, you know, people were telling me, "Really, you like it?" I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "Well, it's so different." I'm like, "Yeah," but I mean, that's what they were going into with it. I mean, it wasn't like they were trying to say this is like <laughs> you know previous ones. This was this was going to be you know their take on the Castlevania series. And for what it was worth, I thought it was enjoyable. I think a lot of people assume that, or like, oh, and this is a good point actually because we're talking about Castlevania and Final Fantasy Seven. People expect you got the OG fans and then you got new fans. Developers, mm. companies have to strike that perfect balance when they're remaking or trying in a new direction. They have to strike that perfect balance between trying to keep the old fans and bring new ones to that, that yeah. genre. And a, a lot of the older fans don't don't feel that same way. They feel like, oh, this is a remake, even though it says remake, not remaster. Right. Yeah, right. thank you. <laughs> but a remake... <laughs> You know, they're trying something in a new direction. You can either love it or you can hate it. But don't sit there and say, this ain't my Castlevania because X, Y, and Z. Or this ain't my Final Fantasy VII because um, Eric didn't die in the first part oh, of, yeah. the, in the first <laughs> of the game. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't recall where she actually dies it, But um, I'm just and saying. this one. <laughs> is it was it this one i don't recall okay so this one so she didn't die in the first part of the game so this is not my final fantasy 7 that, that, that's gatekeeping we shouldn't be gatekeeping it in the community no. everybody enjoy what oh, they no, enjoy yeah everybody not. should enjoy what they enjoy for sure except tales you got to enjoy yeah. tales right <laughs> except <laughs> for tales right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i mean you know, for me, I'm never against the idea of there being like if someone says, is there a step too far about something? I'm like, no, I mean, it's OK to do different things in a narrative. I think the important thing is, of course, you have the characters. They are who they are, you know, and mm-hmm. things like that. But like what you do with the story, I feel should always be open. It depends on what that change does. Right. You know, you can have changes. You can have things that happen and everything. And I think right. that that's totally fine. And, and, for, and going back to Lunar. Uh, one of the big they have a big change that happens in the PlayStation version of uh, Lunar Silver Star story uh, with where the heroine of the game, the one that you end up having to save. They have a big place for her in the story more than what she was in the original Sega CD version of the game mm-hmm. where she just went home and you you never had interaction with the characters. I felt that that was a change for the better because you end up actually caring about her more because she engages more with your your the cast and, you know, she's there with it so that when the this moment in the game happens later where, you know, something happens to her. You care about her more. You want yeah. to rescue her. You feel more invested in, sure. in what's going on and, and those kinds of things. That's a good change. Yeah. You know, but I feel sometimes when you have change that you just do for the sake of change. Yeah. Uh, right. you know, that can sometimes backfire. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. You well that change, change drew where, you into you know, that. Something can happen. You know, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that changed kinda because of, it seems like characters are um very important to you in the games and me too um but it sounds like yes. that change was something that led you to care about the character more which is why it was i don't want to say acceptable that's not the right word but what you saw as a good change yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. i mean but again you'll have you'll, you'll have different views on like what a change is and whether it's good or not mm-hmm. you know for the narrative and certain things like for instance i feel like some of the changes in seven remake that they did to try and get you invested more in uh in biggs wedge and jesse i i think it's fairly mixed mm-hmm you know, with how really good that ended up being for me, for me, right. I'm talking from, from, of course, from my perspective well, sure. that, you know, I mean, in the original game, you know, they were, they were more minor and stuff, but I feel sometimes smaller, sometimes less is more, you know, sometimes, right. you know, when you, when you try to give too much to something, sometimes, you know, it ends up 
kind of muddying it a little bit like you know like for instance one of the jokes that some people make is because now everything is like really developed they're like okay let's have our death sequence where this person's going to give like a five minute thing and like it's like but what were they to the narrative they were only like right. you know like yeah. the, they were the janitor no, and now did. all of a sudden you know we're, we're having you know a five ten minute you know death sequence about you know what a great person they were and everything and sometimes that can you know that can kind of it seems in forced yeah. Of, yeah of it really being yeah. you know where you want it to be and right. stuff like that i mean right. one of, i mean one of the changes i felt with the seven remake was you know when they tried like early on when they were tro- when, they, when you're first beginning it and you're like getting ready to break into the reactor they had this like whole sequence where like you know they have wedge like going up to cloud and they're just like you know oh you know we we like you buddy you know do you remember that he's being like 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 a moral support or whatever i'm like dude he he's the mercenary you guys hired him to do these things for you You know what what are you doing you know it was kind of like you know it kind of like took me out of it a little bit because you know be again you're told paid killer mm-hmm. don't be friends with i mean you're told no, right. but, like, no. but you're like told but you're told like that these guys are like battle-hardened like terrorists like they're basically you know going in and like they're they're used to blowing up and going against shinra and doing these kinds of things like they, they have a history of doing this stuff and it's like when i've seen them talking and doing this stuff i'm kind of like i don't know i don't really get that from these people right. you know i don't it really feels, get that sense it feels like wedge literally got done with his paper route on his bicycle <laughs> and then rode over to sector whatever whatever the fuck they're blowing up just in time, dropped his bike off and was like, "Okay, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Blow this stuff up. It's exactly. Just like, Very cool. Fuck, man. Meanwhile, I mean, they were quirky in the original game too. I mean, you know, Wedge would do like roly poly jokes, and they would do like all this stuff that was like really yeah. like out there. And then Jesse had like this crush on Cloud in the original right. too, but it was yeah, kind of like not really, really played up. It's more played up in the remake. Oh, you know? she thirsty as fucking. Is she thirsty yeah, in the remake? Thirsty yeah. Yeah. Thirsty. Yeah. yeah. Wants Cloud. It's like, badly yeah. see i've only played the original i remember right. the whole scene in the train where she's making the id for him and all that and oh, you know, she she's trying to make it all good that was about as far as it went yeah but it's so much more overt in the remake yeah like, oh, it, it didn't bother me in the original the up at all but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just something i remember when you're talking about wants. it yeah well you gotta you gotta think the remake has voice acting now so now yeah. you can really feel yeah. what the fuck she's saying right right ton of banter in the Ooh, game. cloud yeah. i want to get in your <laughs> yeah that's yeah, even cloud's what? like fucking pizza. cloud has that face oh, like my... really oh geez actually char didn't you have a comment about, about she wants cloud to make it with, with like, cloud i actually oh. understand him more in this game okay yeah, but he's yeah. just like what the I... hell does it matter with these so <laughs> me reaching to try and wrap my brain around why everything's happening in this game right now i thought to myself very me- this is very meta by the way Maybe they design these characters the way that they are, so over apparent and overdone, because Cloud doesn't want to connect with anybody because he's a hired mercenary, right? Right. And he's tr- and he's shut off. You know, he's yeah. emo, whatever the fuck you yeah. want to call him. And <laughs> aloof. These yeah. these people are so annoying to me that maybe that's what they were designed that way, so you could actually relate with Cloud working with these people, like. So Just they're trying desperately money. to relate yeah. to this this aloof person. So they're they're being oversharing with them. That's is that what, what you're I, saying? That's yeah. what I thought. And I thought, you know what? If that is truly the case, honest to God, I will take everything bad I said back about this. And that's fucking genius. Because that actually that does they, make some sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. Like, because yeah. I'm playing and I'm like, I hate these care. I hate all of these characters. Wait a minute. 
Maybe that's word. by design. Yeah, he's this quiet dude, and <laughs> they all want to connect with him it. desperately, and he won't—he won't make the effort. So they're overcompensating, trying to yeah, trying to connect with the dude. Gets, yeah, and it's so obvious. But I, then I thought about it, went, shit. Maybe that's why they did it. Hey. So yeah, you know, let's go I'll with that. <laughs> I'll I mean, take it. So like, if you're asking me, I'm more mixed. Like again, when I was younger, I got I was much more like getting like really into it about like what a certain issue is i mean nowadays i actually am very mixed about like for instance when i was talking about final fantasy 8 i'm not as bothered about final fantasy 8 as i used to be mm -hmm. i mean i i think it has great music i think triple triad is really good yeah. i did enjoy some of the genre the things and i kind of get what they were wanting to do with the junctioning i know it didn't work i know yeah. i know it's screwed up on a lot of ways but That's i kind of like me, the yeah. idea that you can kind of customize and do things yeah they just needed to really iron it out more than what they ended up the implementation doing, up wasn't the greatest no, really thing no. and again i'm not saying the story of the characters are really any better i still yeah. have my issues with it but i'm much more like calm about it like i'm just like you know yeah i i could i could probably put it in every now and then for a little while and maybe enjoy yeah. whatever it is to me it's one of nobuo omatsu's best soundtracks and that's the thing like, I, and I that's what we were saying earlier that it, i can forgive a lot of bad game mechanics and gameplay or bad story if the music is really well done and nobuo omatsu i mean <laughs> is there yeah. any better okay. video like, game composer than him like, i mean yeah yeah one of the best yeah we hit track record no no. no, no, nobody, no. nobody comes. There, close there, really there are some. That, that, that's not saying there aren't other great, you know, composers for games. Yes, I mean, there are many yes, fantastic ones. But... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not even Okay, I was going to say because Chrono Trigger, you know, is my yeah. probably my favorite soundtrack, and you know, Nobuo Uematsu did do ten tracks for it, but most of it was yeah. done uh, by uh, Yasunori Matsuda. Am I saying the name right? I always suck at those names. Yasunori Matsuda. Yeah, that guy worked himself practically to death on that game and it shows man there was a lot of love he put in that that dude's off the hook man he's awesome very good totally. yeah. i mean totally. but there are also other legends i mean you have koji kondo mm -hmm. who's yeah. basically memorable for all the nintendo tracks we can all you remember. know think about in our sleep um, yeah. yeah and remember yeah, yoko yeah. shimamura mm -hmm. for yeah. kingdom yeah. hearts and for super mario rpg yeah uh, and all of them oh, yeah. uh there's also uh, michiro yamane who's basically mm -hmm. involved for a lot of the castlevania uh, music mm -hmm. uh, basically from Symphony Nine yeah. on on. She yeah, also did Bloodlines fantastic. as well. Yeah. Actually, Bloodlines was her. Oh, was she did her, Bloodlines. Uh, Castlevania debut. Nice. Hmm. And, and she did uh, Rondo, right? Let me... Huh? She did Rondo and Symphony, right? She. I don't think she did Rondo. She did oh. do. I, I know. I think she started with Symphony Night actually afterwards. Okay. But she did do Bloodlines for the Genesis. She did Bloodlines. Okay. I don't know why uh, that, I thought she did Rondo. That, that okay. was. That was also uh, Yamane. That was actually her debut okay. uh, was with uh, the Bloodlines, which for the longest time was a game you couldn't get because uh, there was no re-release for it until they finally did the Castlevania collection. And right. I think they put it on the Genesis Mini. The, the, before those, there was no way you, you could do it short of emulation. Right. Uh, you, could, you could play those games. Um, and she's also really good. I mean, I think she said uh, Johann Sebastian Bach was a big influence in her music. I mean, a lot oh, of sure. her music just really is really – she's a really – like. It's art. Got to I mean, reach for the classical composers like, where, and yeah. where she goes with it. Um, with Lunar, there's uh, Eduarde, Ware, I think is how you pronounce it. Eduarde, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, really good music also. Uh, he did the Grand Grandia series as well, uh, which is really good with music. Um, you know, there's a lot of great musicians, but I'm, you're right. If we're talking about most well-known Uematsu, yeah. by far is probably the most well-known. If you were to ask yeah. anybody like a video game composer, well, he's such a legend. I mean, yeah, yeah he's just uh, been it. so ubiquitous in the, in since NES. I mean, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you so. got, and you got Motoi Sakuraba 
who's uh, the primary composer of the Tales of series, but he also done like, yep. uh, or they also done um, Dark Souls music yeah. and, a, yeah. and a lot of other things. So, yes. I, I mean, uh-huh. but again, the most memorable because Final Fantasy was so prominent in a lot of people's households. Yeah. That was the one that was like, hey, yeah, let's let's get this shit. Hey, we got to is the household name, but there are so yeah. many other greats out there too. They're definitely worth exactly. mentioning. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's there's a, there's very few that's on his level with great music do, damn near every game. We period. should do an episode on composers. We could. Yeah, yeah. I, like I think we, we should do that. We should. Yeah, I think we'll think plan we for that. That that would be an interesting episode uh to talk yeah. about. Um so yeah, we another... we're Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to no, say, no, no, sorry. Um, I was, I was we could keep going, but I was just going to say we've got some viewer questions come on, but if we want to keep going, we can keep going. No, absolutely. I mean, I was going to talk about one of the more recent composers that I really like his work is Jake Kaufman, mm-hmm. uh, who mm-hmm. did music for uh, what is it for Dra- Double Dragon Neon? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. And, yeah. and uh, which it's the stage two of that is like full on eighties. I could, it's like a eighties track. It's like straight out of like oh, it was a new like right to I my heart. That yeah. Track. He also oh, did sh- some of the music for I think Shantae, a half genie hero that he did. Hey, oh, I played that game. I got that game. That's a good I game. love that stuff. That's a great game. Um, and he also did some for like OC Remix, which does a lot of remixes for for different video games. There was one that they did about like Final Fantasy VI, mm-hmm. uh, extravagance of all these people, different artists doing their take on different music from it. That's and he so did cool. uh, Jay Kaufman did his version of the opera scene oh, wow. in Final Fantasy VI, and it's it's yeah, iconic it's scene. I, I love that version. Yeah, uh, of it. Uh, in that way um you know there's just so again you're right i mean when it comes to music there's just so many good musicians and for the longest time i had people who would troll me in class when i was younger they'll be like really video game music that's not music that's just sound or whatever and it's like i always remember that every time when i go through it i think about this yeah it's all just sound it's all just sound right yeah gall was right as always (laughs) (laughs) even then gall was always right Well, you know, I I was used to only having really a few friends yeah. uh, when I was very younger who were really into like the kinds of things that I was into. I was right. very much uh, I didn't really have as many friends until I got to like high school and 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 college, where I ran into a lot of people that uh, that had the same kind of uh, passions that I did mm-hmm. uh, about those kind of things. So I was very used to you know being on the outside and everything, but it was fine because I always had those video games to keep me company. Well, yeah, you know, yeah through yeah, it all, yeah, like yeah. it was always you know. Uh, you know, good times and everything like that. And that's how the um, Oracle was born. Yeah. <laughs> Gal is the Oracle. Gal is, is the Oracle. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. But uh, uh, go ahead. I'm trying to think. I mean, are there any? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of like, so where did I leave off on? Because I was leaving off on. Uh, oh, we, we, we on talked about because we were talking about like, composers. like fine, uh, we were like Lunar and then going into composers, yeah, composers and stuff. And... <laughs> like, maybe I get into. I was about to talk about Symphony of the Night, I suppose. Well, don't feel uh, like you have to give us everything tonight, yeah. Gull, because you'll definitely be invited oh, back yeah. on. So, because <laughs> I could go, I could go on and on yeah. about like all yeah. those different things. I yeah. mean, to me, uh, video games always were, you know, a great escape. Yeah. Uh, for, from whenever you know things were going on, whether you know it was a really, I mean, Final Fantasy VI also. I mean, that game mm-hmm. probably is one of the most uh, impactful games on my life. My that, that I can favorite. Talk about. Maybe Final I'll finish Fantasy. off with that one. Maybe that I'll finish off seven. with that one because 
that to me, uh, I knew my uncle played Final Fantasy VI way back when I was little. Like, I can kind of remember when he was going after Ultros to like keep him from stopping Ultros. the opera. Yeah. To uh, when Celes is going uh, into the house that's collapsing in Zen to try and save the kid. I can remember oh, yeah, those those scene. bits from my childhood, and I'm like, yeah, my uncle was playing Final Fantasy VI, but I didn't make the connection at the time uh, for whatever reason. I, I didn't really engage with Final Fantasy until seven. That right. was really my true. Uh, intro into the series yeah but the game that ended up being the real impact for me was six it, I, I first played the game when i was going through my emulation phase back mm -hmm. in i say 2009 <clears throat> and i mean uh, considering what was happening in the world at that time uh, i think it's pretty obvious you know what kinds of things were going on with the financial crisis a lot of things were going on in my family and there were also health concerns and stuff going on sure. with myself and others so it was a very bleak time yeah uh, that it was really hard for me, even when I was in, um, I was working the front desk of a department at, at UM at the time. And the, my boss was always like, kind of like, you know, how are you feeling? Is everything good? And I, I had to grit my teeth because I, I really didn't feel good. Yeah. Like, it was really difficult to not. keep a happy face, no. you know, through it all. But I remember that I was always thinking, you know, everybody keeps telling me that this Final Fantasy VI is, you know, really good. Let me sit down and play it and you know get to see what everyone you know keeps telling me about that i really need to play this and everything and i have to tell you that game didn't come at a better time than where that was where i was really adrift uh at the time and i really you know didn't know and that game i like to say it kind of saved me i could see that it, it kind of yeah. it because really it taught me the most probably one of the most valuable lessons that anyone could do that basically life will sometimes suck you know some things will sometimes happen that everything feels you know like it's just collapsing around you yes but the key thing is to always hold on to that circle to hold on to the things that you like that you value that make you get up and make you you enjoy the world around you yeah that make because, you because that's what will get you through the tough times. Mm -hmm. You know, if as long as you have that that flame, you know, you'll you'll hold on. And that's exactly what the game ends up being because I mean, the characters end up losing everything. I mean, even the own world mm -hmm. that they're that they're on. Everything oh, yeah. that they have literally goes to shit. Mm -hmm. And they find the strength to carry forward even though they lose family members, they lose friends, they even lose themselves, yeah. you know, everything they find the strength to move forward. And that's what gives them the power to ultimately take down Kefka mm -hmm. and everything that he stands for, which is the complete opposite. I mean, he's like full-blown nihilism. He's destruction. You know, he's he's full-on, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. just throw everything to caution. There's mm -hmm. nothing worth living for. You know, it's all, yeah. you know, down about and everything. And that, that was the message I really needed. Cynicism Like, just body, seeing yeah. all of that. And I, I remember this one line. I love it. When Cell uh, is after the whole thing where she almost commits suicide. Yeah, and you know everything that goes on and everything, and she gets to there and she sees Sabin, you know, the first friend. She's like, "You're alive," you know. She's all this sort of thing, and after she saves, you know, she saves the child from the collapsing house, which Sabin somehow is able to hold up. Yeah, but then again, he was able. To I remember that scene. But then well, again, yeah. but then again, he could suplex a, a, a train. A train. So he can do <laughs> we don't, we don't argue Sabin's strength. You know, we don't argue about Sabin. He could just do whatever. <laughs> oh, you make me want to uh, play Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. What I'm seriously thinking, man, I want to play this game right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Sellas goes up to him and says, how did you survive? You know, everything. And I thought everyone was dead. And Saban laughs and just says, did you think like a little thing like the end of the world would do me in? <laughs> yeah. Classic Saban. <laughs> I love that line. 
Oh, but if you guys that, didn't that's like exactly. Final Fantasy VI, all you need to do is listen to fucking Gal talk about no it. No doubt. It could be your no favorite doubt. goddamn game on the planet. Here, like, here's a fun fact. I love that line. Fun fact, the scene where uh, where uh, Saban had to hold up the house to protect the kid, um, that was actually the game and the scene I was playing when I hit affiliate. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know, I remember, I'll never forget time. that scene for that reason. Yeah, I don't remember. The, there's a clip of it, too. Yeah, I got all emotional. It was crazy. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, great game. Kefka's, Kefka's backstory is actually pretty damn sad. Yeah, it is. He was, yeah. He was experimented yeah. It on. Is. That's the only reason why he's like he's like fucked up mentally because he yeah. was experimented yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. And even every even good villain has trash. something about him or her that you can sympathize or empathize with. Yeah. Sephiroth. Yeah, Sephiroth. Oh, yeah, that's There's another great one, yeah, with Genova. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. fucking snapped because of all the same yeah. shit. Yeah, every great bad guy has some level uh, that you can empathize with them. Yeah. But so, every good, so getting yeah, every, that, you oh, said ahead, great. Sorry. Every great villain has something that you can connect with. Every great yes. villain. That's yeah. yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, that's that's what you meant. I, I was. Just, yeah. I was, I was Thank you for correcting me. Saying. Thank you for correcting me, Chard. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and Kafka is actually very interesting because he's also, at least in the Final Fantasy series, he's the first time you because before that, most of the people who who were the villains were these ultra. And again, there's nothing wrong with them, but they were like these ultra ultimate baddies. You mm -hmm. know, these kind of beings of of you know true, uh, you know darkness in some way yeah. that they were kind of doing kefka what made him really interesting was that he's basically just a guy he's just yeah, some dude. crazy There's you know some... person and what makes him yeah. so freaky is that he's not that far removed like you could kind of yeah. visually see someone being like that like yeah just you being can so see the path that. to and that's that. what ends up making it even more scary yeah in in that way yeah it's more real it. and the fact yeah. that and he goes, and he has an arc too. I mean, yeah. he goes yeah. from being a, a, a lackey, just like some low, you know, rung, you know, lackey for Emperor Gestal, and he ends up being becoming the god of all magic, yeah. you know, to to end the game and everything. And, and you have the ultimate showdown. Right. And for me, that's why that game just ended up like again. I remember Saban's line and all that, just because that's what I needed to hear. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. what you. It was just the kind of thing where you know you just kind of feel exactly the same way. Like that's exactly what keeps you going. And yeah. to this day, when when I'm finishing the game, and it's playing the the final theme. And again, I know we've been talking about music a lot, but again, music through and through mm -hmm. is probably the one thing that video games really have always left me with in, in a big way that even when I'm not playing, you can kind of experience the game just by listening, you know, to the music in a lot of ways. And yeah. for final fantasy six, that's no exception because right. when I, when the ending plays and it's the credits, the part where the Falcon is going over the ocean and you have the birds flapping and that the music's hitting that crescendo, I'm going to admit it right on, on stream. I literally wept when I played the game the first time because it felt truly the music caught that expression of being the free. Oh, the of Final being, Fantasy nerds. Yeah, of just being <laughs> free. <laughs> you just feel so alive. Like it was that true feeling of, of solace, of just being free on the other side. And there's just nothing like that. There's right. just like from my experiences about it. That's why when people say why I put Final Fantasy VI at the top, I'm like, it's because it was an experience for me. Awesome. Like it truly of any game I've played a lot of different games I've played. It's probably the one that got me the closest. And again, when you have a moment like that in your life, probably whatever form of media you have, whether it's a video game or whether it's a movie, it ends up being that kind of touchstone for you. Absolutely. Uh, in that way. You know, and, and for me, 
that was Final Fantasy VI. Final Fantasy VI, amazing, great story, man. And yeah, that's a great game. I, one of definitely, it, like I say, always say, it's my favorite Final Fantasy that isn't Final Fantasy VII. I know Chard doesn't like seven, but I like seven, so there. <laughs> I, like, I love seven. I do not like seven. I like. Seven. I, just I just tease you, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. better. Damn yeah. It. You know what? And I admit there are better better. games. I admit that six is better and 10 is probably better, but it's a nostalgia thing for me because my first Final Fantasy was seven. So that's it's that's why it sticks out to me. Yeah. I could tell a bad story about my experience in 10, but I love 10. If someone would say, what was your the one oh, where you God. had a really frustrating moment? Yeah. But I'm not going to get into Let's that. Save that for next. Let's save that for the next <laughs> one uh, because <laughs> we're, yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna, we need to get to questions. But before we get to questions, real quick, because we didn't touch on this, um, we want to talk a little bit about retro achievements because I know you're kind of a, a newcomer to retro achievements, but you seem to um, really be taken to it. Did you want to say anything about that? You know, for the longest time, going back to when Mike, because I think achievement hunting really started with when Microsoft released the the Xbox 360 uh, back in 2005 with their achievement system and and the gamer score and stuff like that. And going back to all those, like I always had a real dismissive opinion back then of achievements. I always thought, why not just enjoy the game for what it is? Why do you have to like, you know, do all this stuff that, you know, to like to be tryhards or stuff? That's literally words that were from my younger self. Tryhards, yeah. uh, About it. Yeah, that and and I didn't really like it all that much. I really thought that it wasn't needed. And you know, for many years, if you had asked me what I thought about it, that's probably the opinion you would have gotten mm-hmm. about it in certain ways. But what's funny you and is a lot of other people. And I, and I didn't really get into it because you know that really connects with when I was getting more involved with Twitch and really with uh, Max, you know, uh, AKA Gamers Game Squad Squad, mm-hmm. and really you know showing you know retro achievements and the kinds of things that were involved with there. By the way, Max is a sweet guy. You know, if any of you need to follow, Max you know, is my buddy. He's an awesome you know, dude. Great gamer, yeah, great let's guy. Give him a shout out, Go ahead. Uh, you know, all the way through, and um, he really showed me just like the kind of you know going in and out you know he was placed playing like roll chan and all these like really hard games and stuff like that and i was just like my god this is hardcore this is really like you know to the point that at the time i really thought i don't know if i could ever play something like that like i don't i don't think i have the the stamina with it and everything to do all that and that was the case for a while but then lately um when i was helping uh frank uh, ak pulse xp and I was helping Chard uh, with Symphony of the Night and, and other games as well. I was helping uh, Frank with uh, Super Metroid and other games. Mm-hmm. Like my experiences with that and doing all that, I kind of like sat back and I thought, you know, I can do this. It doesn't seem like, a, you know, maybe I actually could be really right. good at this sort of stuff. Because, I mean, I, I know a lot of games. I've grown up, you know, really doing all this stuff. It'd be nice to kind of have a way of revisiting them and now having this kind of other way of doing it you know because because a lot of times you know you play it normally but it's like hey i played it so many times maybe i can challenge myself and and see how well you know i could do with it and that's really where it all started um you know i i downloaded retro arch i uh put in super mario world that was my first uh game that i badged because i thought you know if i'm going to start with anything why not start with like the beginning game of games you know super mario world in that way i didn't really want to start with super metro because by that point you know frank had played it and you know i'd seen a lot of things so i was kind of like a little burnt (laughs) out a little bit i kind of wanted to (laughs) something new yeah for a little you know for a bit and um and it was like it was it was a lot of fun it was challenging i mean let me tell you i i got better at flying i thought i could never fly in super mario world ra got me better at flying 
Like, I, oh, I yeah. actually discovered that I could actually yeah. be decent at it. RA will uh, make you better at video games. Yeah. Like, I never thought it would ever happen. And, you know, then I played other games. I played, you know, a lot of Final Fantasy IV. I played Link to the Past. And then eventually, um, during one of the... Um, one of the games that Frank was playing, I think uh, Lauren was putting together a Super Metroid puzzle. Hmm. And that was what got me inspired to like, you know what? Let me put on Super Metroid. And nice. I ended up badging it in like a week. That doesn't surprise like me. That. <laughs> uh, but, but the, 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 and the one that ended up being the hardest on that one was the Zeebs escape, uh, beating the, escaping the planet in like under a minute. Oh, geez, uh, that that, that one took, took some time to, to yeah. do but you know but once i like once i got it oh my god i was like i was like a kid at christmas i was like yes oh dude <laughs> that's like, feeling like my god yeah. it was like you know and everything and it was it's it's a lot of fun you know they definitely when they're done right you know and, and so far i have yet to really have you know a set that really you know gets me really bent you know in a certain way um Again, they're just they they make you see things in games that you never really thought about. Yeah. Like they make you see games from like a different perspective. Say, to the point that I actually appreciate Symphony of the Night and Super Metro in those games a lot more than I did before, because oh, I get to see like a lot of what how how the you know devs put things together, what kinds of things you could do. I was like, I didn't even know you could do that, mm. you know, in that sort of way. Yeah, and you learn all kinds of new things times. about the games uh, doing retro achievements. That's one of the best yeah, parts about it. And, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I've really found that like a lot of these games, I've just found out so much more about them uh, that that I could ever, you know, hope for. And it's it's really it's really uh, turned up a lot of like what I like about video games again. So, I mean, I think Retro Achievements has been a really good boon here. Here. I love, uh, it. To, I love it to all of that in a way. Yeah. And I don't know how long that's going to go. I mean, you know, things, you know, you never know how, you know, life develops and stuff like that. But I mean, for me, uh, hey. If they keep releasing, you know, yeah. games, and I mean, there are games I'm waiting for. You know, Lunar still hasn't gotten a set yet. It's probably close to getting one. Ooh. And when that happens, that sounds like a know. request because you can request. I know like, you know this, but I'm saying oh, for no, everybody no, else, you can request sets. Lunar one is going to be. Yeah. It it is being worked on. So I oh, mean, it is. that that is something that that I once that gets dropped, like once it pops up in Discord, oh, a new set. You know, Lunar one is there. I'm just going to be like, I'm there. Nice. You know, and who knows? And who knows? Frank's probably going to be like, you know, you're banned because, you know, you're not showing up anymore. You're banned. Or something like that. I, I don't know. <laughs> you, know <laughs> you know, because I keep like doing stuff or whatever. I don't know. But it's going to be a lot of fun. It's uh, going to nice. be a great revisit and stuff. All very from RA. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you guys should check out RA at home if you haven't already. Retroachievements.org. I put the link in chat for everybody. I also linked uh, to Gaul's Retro Achievement page if anybody wants to uh, friend or follow Gaul over on uh, Gaul416 over on Retro Achievements. I suggest you do that. And I suggest you be friends with Gaul because he's a good guy and he knows a lot about video games. Um, yeah. All right. If anybody else has any questions for Gaul, if not, uh, I'll go ahead and move on to viewer questions. Nah. I'm, I'm we good i love this guy i love gall yes. everybody we all love gall i love hearing, gall. hearing yeah. him talk is so fun it's so fun oh, i love it talk. it's it's infinitely entertaining that and gall you will definitely be uh invited on future podcasts don't don't you worry about that it's oh, been very enjoyable having I you on so far yeah all of it yeah you you've been a, a very enjoyable guest thus far all right let's jump to viewer questions and uh first one's coming in from crack wither uh this one is for gall he's asking gall when did you start moderating for retro streams Ooh, um, well, actually, it's interesting enough that actually gets into the story of how I first engaged with Twitch, uh, funny enough, because for the longest time, 
Twitch was really um, my account goes back to like 2014, I think. And in those days, I really only opened this account because I was looking to watch uh, game uh, conventions like when they were happening at E3 mm -hmm. uh, or stuff like that. Like if Nintendo was showing something, they were showing like some Super Smash Brothers uh, tournament or they were or, you know, Sony or, or Square was releasing something about their games. I would just do it just so I could pop in and comment or, you know, do things like that. It was mm -hmm. very minor. I didn't really have anyone that I really followed. And my opinion of streaming really was like, I don't really know. I mean, you know, is it really something, you know, that I could really, you know, watch and stuff like that. But what happened was and what changed everything was that on, on my Facebook, uh, a friend of mine that I used to know from high school said that he was going to start uh, streaming and he really wanted me to come over and, you know, hang out and stuff because, uh, you know, we share, you know, a passion for games and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And he wanted me to be a part of. So I was like, Great. I was kind of I was kind of nervous about it. I was kind of like, I don't know, but you know, I'll come by. You know, I haven't talked to him in a while, but I'll do it and everything. Yeah. And, you know, I had a lot of fun with it and stuff. And at one point uh, he was like, you know, man, I really like you being here. You know, you're really, you know, knowledgeable. You really are, you know, a great guy to have around. And he made me a mod. Nice. And he was the first instance uh, of me uh, modding, you know, a stream on Twitch uh, and so forth. And I was there and I would stream. Uh, I, I would also do some modding uh, for some other uh, compatriots of him that he had in his stream group that he had. Uh, okay. Uh, that was there. And I think they still stream, but I don't really follow them as much as I used to. But they're all great people and everything like that. And I uh, would always kind of be there. But then one day... Um, when uh, my buddy who went by the, the moniker of Mr. Bubbles, uh, he doesn't stream like anymore, my, my, my friend. Uh, he, uh, he was like going through the directory and he said, you know, we got to pass this love, you know, to those out there, you know, out there as well. Let's see who's, you know, streaming, you know, game, you know, retro games, things that we love. And he said, ah, I see this guy, Game Squad Squad. He's playing, uh... you know, Link to the Past Randomizer. Let's check him out. Let, let's 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 raid him and let's you know show him the love and everything and the rest they say is history yeah because that meeting uh when that time i met max uh when he was playing the game like we hit it off right away like he, he was so did, yeah. chill yeah. you know everything about you know he still is you know he's oh, yeah. absolutely the same you know like he was just down he's down to earth he was just all about you know we're here just you know having a damn good time missing a you tooth. know playing missing games a tooth. and everything yeah at the time <laughs> he was missing a tooth I and, that, yeah. you know he and he was and he was just in it you know he was just you know doing all this stuff and uh eventually around that time uh my friend again life happened and stuff and you know he had he had uh children that were born and he really couldn't find the time to really you know juggle that alongside with uh with streaming regularly and that kind of just kind of fell off so it kind of was like that branching point where it was kind of like you know i then started watching max like yeah. all the time and and you know he was playing all the different games you know again the role chance the final fantasies the randomizers and you know all the stuff and like that and it was through max that uh and he um was the next person who who made me uh, a mod in the in the chat i'm kind of sure. like a vip slash mod i think now in his chat and in, mm -hmm. in that sort of way um but you know and then from then on you know i met everybody else through him. I met Frank. I, I met, uh, eventually met Bud. I met Rift. Uh, I met Chard. Uh, you know, I met pretty much everyone that, that I know, uh, through Twitch and that way through basically like the gateway to <laughs> basically retro mm -hmm. in so many ways, uh, about it. And from there, I guess, you know, the mods just kept adding up. I mean, now I, I mod in, in Frank's chat. I'm, 
mod in buds chat i mod in mod in charts chat you know like everyone was just like you know we got to have you you know your your credit there and everything and it was kind of like through that experience that i kind of was like this is my retro fam this is my right. twitch family like it's yeah. a, my other family like through there like just through that experience about every time i pop in like everyone's like you know gal's always showing the love you know and, and being there and everything yes. i want to say that it's not just for me every time i come in you know everyone is always you know so warm everyone is so happy you know to, that i'm there and, and everyone you know makes me feel welcome and you know there about it and you know that you're, to me you know all of you out there you all rock you're such because a warm you, you go ahead make me feel you know again you make me feel like like i can take on the world and and that and that's always something that i think should be greatly appreciated i don't think i say that enough God. uh you know with and i want it to be known that you all as a community you you're the best at that i think i i've ever experienced and i'm not saying that i'm some you know again you know we were saying oh guru you know you're the oracle you know knowing everything you know <laughs> i only know i put so much into it because i want to to pay it forward in, in the best way that i can uh, about it and to me is about it gal um you are such a a and you deserve every bit of it i want to say that first off um you're such a warm and and caring and, and loving human being just from getting to know you uh yep. better over these last few weeks with doing the podcast i mean we already kind of knew each other through chat and stuff but uh just getting to know you uh through doing the podcast just having our just meetings our little chats we have um has been a very pleasurable experience. It's been very rewarding and um, I love you, man. And I'm glad you're here. Um, and I, I am of the mindset that anybody who doesn't mod Gaul is an idiot <laughs> because Gaul is such, I'm just, I'm gonna get a bunch of swords. <laughs> if Gaul's in your chop, chat, mod him now, you idiot. No, uh, Gaul fucking mods Twitch. He's not Gaul should be the mod of Twitch. But, Twitch. Yeah, but in all seriousness, man, you, you are such a, a wonderful member of the community. You are such a beloved member of the community for a very good reason, and that's because you have heart. Uh, yeah, we do call you the Oracle in joking and in and jest, but it's not entirely untrue because you do have no. a vast knowledge of these games and you are so helpful and so just so willing to give of yourself and give of your time and, 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 and share that with people and not only willing to do that but enthusiastically so and uh and that you're getting the reward of that you're just you're just a wonderful guy man and i and i love you and i could think i could say that for everybody here i don't think there's anybody here that just doesn't you know just think you're the best man can confirm yeah i'm yeah. humbled thank you thank you so much all of you i mean every word i mean every word all right uh let's see we got another question here this one's for everybody uh, what is everyone's favorite PS1 game and why? Um, we'll go ahead and start. Uh, we'll start with Gall since he's the special guest. Oh, PS1. Well, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Me, that, that question came from Lumby Lumby McGumby. I forgot to say that. Lumby McGumby. Hey, Lumby. <laughs> um, for me, uh, the PlayStation One game. Like when I think PlayStation One. And again, I think it's from our talk earlier. I think anyone can kind of guess what where this is going. It's Castlevania Symphony of Night. Like that to me, that was the game that introduced the console to me. Uh, that like when I was first starting out, it, like for many people, it's oh, Final Fantasy VII. I hate you right now. <laughs> and I, you, you uh, just now but, saw that. It's been on for like fifteen fucking minutes. I, I, Twenty, thirty uh, minutes. I stopped paying attention. <laughs> oh wow! You wouldn't stop um, and get on my damn nerves. <laughs> oh man! Go ahead, um, Gal. Go ahead. No, so 
And the question was, what, why? Like, what, yeah. what, what does it endear? I mean, basically, just everything. Uh, the, the music, yep. the, the fact that you get engaged so much with like the different, you know, areas and and what they are and how they're so distinct from each other. The story, just you know, I like Alucard. He's just you know one of my favorite characters. Oh yeah, uh, I love about, Alucard. Yeah. Uh, you know, concerning in his struggle to kind of you know find himself. Uh, through it all in his way forward, you know, outside of the shadow of his father, uh, you know, in that sort of way. And there's just something, you know, as you're growing up and, you know, you're trying to understand yourself, there is sort of a, uh, like, you can kind of understand and kind of view that, like, from a, from a dark angle, you know, in his right. case, you know, that kind of struggle in that sort of way. That's why while people tend to hate on, you know, uh, uh, I Am The Wind, uh, mm. which plays during the credits or whatever, it actually when i was younger i used to hate on it but like now concerning the story and everything i actually like the song uh it's sung by uh what oh God, i, I liked it when i heard right it. now yeah uh, oh with it. but no i i like it um, sexy it was saxophone. sung by the same yeah the same yeah the sexy saxophone <laughs> it didn't exactly and, yeah. fit with the game but it was like that song on its own it's like oh, it's a decent song yeah uh, yeah, I mean, just, it's I mean, it's different. It's different yeah. from the rest of the tracks and everything. Yeah, so I yeah. definitely get why people say it like feels very out of place because it yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I kind of like how how it on its own merits, like what it is about it. But, um, you know, everything about it, I just really, you know, uh, love to revisit it. If I was stuck, like people once some asked me, if you were on a deserted island and you can only have one game, what would you take with with you? That definitely would be the game. Uh, you know, That's I would do it with because I could play that. I could play that again and again i literally did i mean to the point that i had friends who were literally saying uh gal uh can you like stop playing symphony of the night <laughs> when i was like younger because i would like <laughs> literally play it to the point that that became like that became like a running joke and then i yeah. actually stepped away from it for for a number of years like after i posted the videos i did on youtube of me doing a playthrough uh of it and everything like that i did step away from it because once i did the the dark room you know going through without the echo the bat or the mist i was kind of like okay i think i think that's good i i think i could I could step away, you know, from this for a little while and, you know, not, not worry about it. And it ended up being RA that brought me back. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that's to, a good to thing to bring it you back. Many years. I know you're just winking like, yeah, sure. Yeah. You, you did a little on the side there. You were, you were hiding it. Uh, <laughs> um, but it was, you know, that's, that's the game to me. That's the PlayStation one. Awesome. It's awesome. Good favorite. choice too. Good choice. What about you, Charlie? <sighs> PlayStation one. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, I would have to say. Okay. Um, it, well, I know I give it my ratings, and I like I like nine more than I like seven, but without seven, there is no nine. So true. Having and how important it is to the series to me, I think I think seven really. I didn't I didn't have a PlayStation One. I, I went straight to two, so I didn't get to enjoy like all the new releases and them. I just I mean I played Symphony of Night for the first time last right. year. You know, that was the first time I ever got to touch sure. it. So it, when, when I think PlayStation 1, I think Final Fantasy 7 because that was the biggest draw for me because it was the Final Fantasy game and how different it was from 6 and how how much it shifted what I know a, a Final Fantasy game should look like. Right. Um, and then that gave birth to, you know, to 8, which is, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But then, then, the, seven, oh, then 9, <laughs> and 9 is phenomenal. 9's like everything that i wanted seven to be yeah in a, in a story and with characters except i like the futuristic aspect about seven right um, well not, nine went more back into the you know the old classic airships mm -hmm. and all that shit right so i i would have to go with seven uh 
be my favorite PlayStation. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, to me, seven, you know, getting to that, the thing that always sticks out to me is when you're leaving Midgar for the first time. Right. Yes. You right. enter the you world think map. the game's over. So you're like, yeah, you, like it how literally it is. feels like the game just takes place entirely in Midgar. And then when you yeah. leave it, you're like, holy There's shit. There's more? There's <laughs> I, so much that's more. That's exactly too. what I felt. And yeah. just how... Yeah. That yeah. camera shot of just how it's showing Midgar out as the as the main theme of Final Fantasy VII plays mm -hmm. you know, as you're looking out or whatever. I still get chills about it. I will I never that. forget that experience love when that it was movie. there that you that I was like, that's how you do a map. Yeah. <laughs> how you enter yeah. the world map. You know, I'm gonna have to uh I'm gonna have to mute Gaul's mic because he keeps making me want to play all these Final Fantasy games. Now I want to play seven. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I'm gonna have to play oh, six man. and seven now. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm filling up your list. Now. That's all right, dude. I'm just fucking with you, man. I love you. <laughs> all right, Dark, you're up, man. Favorite Ooh, PS1 game and why? Like, I, I think, think Symphony of the Night. No, I, I do too. That. Look at his look at his look at his title. Um, I think if I think if I go PlayStation One, it's gonna have to be Star Ocean Two because um, that was the game that. Got me into the JRPG series um, as a kid, and it was nice. the first game that I owned that was like two fucking discs. So, right. and I know <laughs> I, I believe they extent like they made so much fit onto two fucking discs to the point. I, I, I mean, it was it, I I, put, I booted up the game. I remember booting up the game. I chose Claude. I chose you know I went on to the story, and I, the first thing that happens is you go fight this big ass gorilla, and I'm like. Fuck, I'm about to die. <laughs> <laughs> but then you see this beautiful ass forest after you, you know, you kind of get to see the forest a little bit as you fight after the fight. I mean, um, then you see the second character and blah, blah, blah. But once you get into the world map and further on to the game up until this two, you know, this world map is beautiful. The characters are interesting and stuff like that. Then you get to this two. There's a point or there's a thing that you can do with this two where you can actually go back to disc one, theoretically. Um, but you go back to the world of disc one and you have all this bonus content. You got uh, the bonus dungeon. You got the, the uh, trials and tribulations or cave of trials, depending on the translation or which version you play. But you got all that shit that goes with it in the, in the, the, it's funny. Cause the cave, even you got like three different bosses. You got Gabriel, Celeste, then you got ethereal queen. At the ethereal queen, you got the the devil ethereal queen with her Jeez. other side, which wow. is even fucking harder. <laughs> then there's something you can do in the game if you play your, if you do the sequence white right, white right <laughs> in the first part of the game <laughs> in the first disc of the game, and click you can actually do a little thing where you can make the the true final boss of the game. You can remove his limiter, make him oh, wow. even more powerful. And this is oh, all nice. on this is on every fucking mode. So you're talking wow. about the game is already hard as fuck on the very, very first mode. Right. Then you right. got more modes, universal or universe mode. That shit <laughs> is just ridiculous. And it gave me so <laughs> much challenge to it that I got to play that game over and over so much. Wow. Because there was so much nice. to do nice. on two discs. Two discs. Nice. Very cool. I like that customization in games. I like that fact that you can kind of really get into like how you can play the game and how what kind of stipulations you can have. That's the kind of thing I, I really, you know, enjoy. It really makes it like you can always have a new experience, you know, in different ways of how you're you're going about it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Very cool. Very cool. Oh, I guess it's up to me now. Uh, yeah, well, favorite yeah, PS1 game and why? <laughs> well, I'm 
God damn it, Char, you picked mine. <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. So two of us have it. Final Fantasy VII, definitely hands down my favorite PS1 game. Uh, it, it was my first Final Fantasy game. Um, there's actually a story behind me playing that. I actually, um, it was a uh, me and uh, my girlfriend at the time, we were, um, you know, we had an apartment and we had a roommate. And I had a Nintendo 64. And our roommate, she had a PS1. And she would play my 64 and I would play her, you know, PS1 and stuff. And uh, she had Final Fantasy VII, and it was like she left it running one day. So I went and I went and I started playing the damn thing. Um, I, I of course I her game was saved, so I was able to start my own, and um, I just instantly fell in love with it. And then you know I was playing through it. I got up to disc two, and our roommate said, "Whoop." I got a boyfriend now. I'm moving out, so she moved out with her oh, PlayStation fuck. One, and I'm sitting there halfway oh, no. through the fucking, oh, or, you no. know, like a third of the way through the game, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, so I, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I'll trade you the 64 for your PlayStation One. Nope, no, that wasn't happening. So uh, I ended up taking my uh, packing up my Nintendo 64 and all my games, and I went to GameStop and I just traded that sucker in and bought a refurbished <laughs> PS One. With Final Fantasy VII and a memory card, and I think maybe another game, I don't know. And uh, I never looked back. I was like, nope, I'm a P- I'm a PlayStation guy now, and I was PlayStation all the way through because Final Fantasy VII got me off of the Nintendo teat and got me onto the PS One like an adult. Who remembers memory cards? Yeah, memory I remember cards. memory cards. I got oh, I do. I still have them. Well, I got my PS One. I got a PS One over there, cards. but I don't have the memory card, and it's in a drawer somewhere. But uh, I actually yeah. have like four of these now. I just have the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I, those had eight megabyte memory cards and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, those, those are great. Yeah. All right. So uh, looks like we got uh, one. Yeah, we're going to be wrapping up, Lee. Don't worry. We got one last question here uh, for Gall from Quirky. And he asked, Gall, have you ever thought about streaming? Actually, uh, that has been something that I have been asked a number of times, actually, about. And my answer to that is I definitely am open to it, but uh, I definitely need to be in a better place than I am right now. I don't really have the the tools, if you will, to make it what I would like to see. From what I've seen from all of you guys who do excellent streamers, best streamers on Twitch, I, if I were to stream, I want to meet that kind of quality. I want to be, you know, that, that I'm able to make it where I can give all the ASMRs that Angela wants and, you know, all those particular things that, that everybody, you know, longs for uh, with gaming and all that sort of stuff. So it's definitely something that I have considered quirky. It, it, you know, it's definitely on the list and it's something that, again, another of those things that I never would have considered uh, when I was younger, I was like, yeah, I would never, you know, I could never see myself doing it, but you know, it's because of, you know, great people showing me, you know, how it could be and what kinds of things you could do with it. it it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, and I and I could definitely see myself uh, being one someday. Hopefully I not could, too far from now. I could definitely see you being one too, Gal. I think you would be very good at it. I think it would be fantastic, as a matter of fact. And uh, also bear in mind that if you ever have any questions along the way about how to get started or how to do it or equipment setup or anything, you got uh, at least three people right here on the screen with you that would be willing to help you out. Uh, myself, yeah, I, I'm here anytime. DM me. Um, we, I can talk to you on voice chat. We'll get you hooked up, man. We'll get you going. Hell and uh, you don't think already, you have to be at, following. Yeah, so. don't think you have to be at a pro, pro level to start either. Just, you know, you, you start don't. where you're comfortable. Oh and you know grow from there uh we all start from humble beginnings i started speaking on a a, we show i showed that before i don't have it in front of me but i started talking into a voice recorder uh when i started streaming so i mean you know 
we could get we could we could make things happen and you could definitely do it you're you're uh i think you would be you would surprise yourself and i think nobody else would be surprised because we all think you do great yep thank you thank you guys yeah, I got people in chat saying the same thing too. Because yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. we all love you, man. We all love you. All right, okay, guys. I think uh, I think we're going to need to wrap it up here. We've actually this is definitely our longest podcast ever. Um, one of our one of our best ones. Even though I, I'm going to say it again, this is one of our best podcasts. I say it every time, but uh, you know, they, you just keep doing great ones. So I can't help it. <laughs> we when when we have one that sucks, I'll point it out. But we haven't had one that sucks yet. So uh, so so there's that. Um, so guys, thank you all for hanging out. Um, I'll get, let you guys have some final thoughts here in a second. But I just want to say uh, thank everybody uh, at home for hanging out. We really love doing these podcasts. It's so much fun. Uh, I learned so much uh just by talking to these wonderful folks um and, it, and i always come away from this learning something and i always come away from this uh feeling a, a very strong warmth in my heart for the community and um i'm i'm, I'm so grateful to everybody that uh, agreed to do this with me um and i'm humbled uh by every everybody that has participated and you guys are so freaking amazing it's just it's just wonderful um next week uh we're going to be uh, putting me in the hot seat it seems like i reluctantly agreed uh to be the focus of next week's podcast i didn't want to do it at first because i thought it was cringy uh but these guys made some excellent points in that uh hey bud if you don't have a highlight episode then you are robbing us of the opportunity to ask you questions and i was like I can't argue with that. So uh, join us next week for the podcast when I myself will be in the hot seat and I will be the focus. Of it. And these yeah. guys will be asking me questions. Yeah. And they're going to be probably teasing the shit out of me. So uh, expect a lot of <laughs> expect a lot of laughter. Because yeah. <laughs> <up already. laughs> they already do already. But uh, don't forget. And don't forget the podcast. If you missed it, or if you're just joining us uh, or if you just want to hear it again, it will be on YouTube tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern time, as well as all the uh, all the podcast platforms we're talking iTunes, Pocket Cast, Spotify, there it's on all of them uh, via Anchor. So uh, you can listen in the car, you could uh, watch us on YouTube at work, just don't get caught, and uh, or you know however you enjoy podcasts. So thank you all so much for hanging out. Anybody have any final thoughts? We'll go around starting with uh, you, Captain Dart. Galt, you are an amazing person. I don't think you've ever been in my channel, so I can't speak much else. <laughs> but you are an amazing person, and just listening to you talk. Um, it makes me want to know more about you and i do also look forward to you streaming one day so i can catch those i see char put your youtube channel so i'll probably go through that that's what i was looking at <laughs> yeah yeah oh, sub yeah, to his youtube channel yep yep already got it thank you so much dark i absolutely look forward to us working continuing to work together and to discover more about each other it's always a pleasure very cool very cool uh we'll go with you chart any closing thoughts Oh shit! Uh, you know how much I love Gal. Gal is, Gal is. Um, uh, he's he's my buddy. He's my brother. He he truly is. I mean, I know we live on literally opposite ends of the state, but um, whenever Gal comes into my channel, from the day he he came over from Max's stream to mine, um, I've been so fucking pumped that he. It's flattering for somebody who has the knowledge base and and nobody knows to to entertain somebody that has all that stuff you know and the fact that he keeps coming back and keeps hanging out and we've become so close and we're doing this podcast together it's it's huge um and i love you dude i really do um i cannot talk highly enough about how important you are to my stream uh and to twitch in general and i know i speak for a lot of people that agree that you are you're not just the oracle you're like everybody's brother and friend so 
thank you for being a part of all of this and, and everything that you do. You are truly an amazing individual. Chard, the, the I can't really find <laughs> the words to say uh, in response, but let me say that I love you absolutely the same, brother. And it's always been a pleasure. I am humbled to be your mod and to be uh, your friend. And I hope for many uh, more years of that oh, going forward. It's never going to change, my friend. Never going to mm -hmm. change. I love this. I love this. Um, I, I'm going to say a few words real quick, then I'll let uh, I'll let Gal have the last uh, the last final say since he is our special guest. Gal, I kind of I mirror everything that Chard Monk just said. Um, yeah, I feel like um, you, you you've been such a integral part of a lot of our communities, um, and you're just like you're almost like a household name uh, to everybody in this community. Um, and I do think of you as a brother. I think of you as a friend, um, and I, I I love you dearly. I'm so glad uh, that you're a part of this podcast and a part of this community. And I hope we have many many years of friendship to come. And uh, don't ever change, man. Thank you. No problem. And we'll let you have the final word. What you got, buddy? Oh, um, well, how do I follow? I mean, I, I'm absolutely overwhelmed, you know, just by, again, as I said before, and I kind of said it before about that, you know, a lot of times I see uh, people tell me uh, how much, you know, that I'm always coming in and showing the love and that, you know, I'm always, you know, that, you know, part of the community. But for me, what always has has stood out to me has been always that welcoming warmth and, and hand of everybody that uh, whenever I come into the chat, whenever I'm, you know, in any stream I'm with, uh, that there's always, you know, that happiness that comes with of me being a part of, of the community and just being, you know, happy to see, you know, what I can do about it. And that's always been something that has uh, pushed me and always given me such, you know, strength to, you know, put forth and, and pay it forward in the best way that I can with helping you guys, not just with video games and everything, but just having fun, just us, you know, get, uh, escaping from, you know, the rigors of everyday life and just, you know, enjoying each other's company and the things that we love and cherish. And, you know, if I can continue to do that, you know, that's what I'll always be. That's what I'll always dedicate myself to. And, you know, as I hope, you know, from this podcast, you know, going forward, you know, that can that's always going to be, you know, what I look forward to. And I hope we can have, you know, a ton of great conversations about just those kinds of things uh, that we all love, you know, video games on. And thank you for having me. Oh, anytime. man. thank you for being here, dude. And uh, those final thoughts were spoke to me G very deeply, man. Yeah, you, you did fantastic. You were a G wonderful guest. A T. Greatest of all time. G-O-A-T. I agree. I agree. Gal, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for being a guest. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, Chardma, Captain Dark, thank you guys as always for being awesome. We'll be back next week uh, with me as the special guest. I'm not nervous. You're nervous. Okay, so we'll see you guys. Woo! Take care. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you again real soon. Bye-bye now. Shit, Paul made it. <laughs>